Bickley and Murata. Social Studies. It's time that we get down to the important topics of the day. Mm-hmm. We've been dilly-dallying for too long, Bick. <laughs> you ready to hammer some really important stuff out? Absolutely. Good, because Sarah's here and she's got some questions for us. That's right. Not, social Studies. Not nearly enough Guy Fieri talk. Uh, yeah, at so far. Point. So yeah, so I we're agree. about to get into that. Are you? Do you like Guy Fieri? I don't really watch much Food Network at all, but do I like the idea of Guy Fieri? Sure. <laughs> the general yeah. concept, the concept of, of Guy Fieri, I do like. Yeah. Do you like Guy Fieri? I love everything on the Food Network, essentially. Oh wow! So that's, what a surprise! Wow. That's oh, yeah. just Break it. Hit the breaking news sounder, Jared. Jared, I will say I've watched uh, divers, er, divers, dives, drive-ins. I was on the Discovery whatever Channel. Whatever it is, diners, drive-ins, and dives. That's the one. Yeah. That was Thank a whale you. show on the Discovery Channel. Yeah, divers, right. divers. It's such um, a good show. Yeah, that's that's a really good. Just kind of put it on the background and and do other things kind of show. Uh, but it's been a minute since I've seen it. Since I clearly don't even know uh, the name of the show. Yeah, if you flip it on. It's one of those shows, just like Bar Rescue, you'll get caught in a Ooh. rabbit hole and you'll watch like nine episodes in yeah. a row. Yep, Bar Rescue. And that, that, but then you realize that every episode's exactly the same. Well, so. Bar Rescue definitely is. You report to me now! Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Welcome to um, Social Studies on Bickley and Murata. Diners, Social Studies, and Drives. I, I was trying to work it. I'm like, oh, it didn't work, didn't work. At Bickley underscore Murata on Twitter. That's where our questions go every single day. So... 17-point win for Phoenix last night, 122-105 over the Nuggets in a rockin' Phoenix Suns arena. Um, Lots of strong performances from the Suns last night. Uh, Phoenix got double-digit scoring from each of the five starters. But we are asking, who do you believe was the MVP of Game 1? Three options for you to choose from. Was it Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, or Mikel Bridges? Ladder. Mikhail Bridges. Bridges. That's my pick, too. Yeah. They were all huge. Um, I just think that game swung when, when Mikhail Bridges started taking over. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and kudos to Chris Paul for closing it in, yes. in the proper fashion. Yeah. Uh, Mikhail Bridges gets 46% of the vote. DA gets 30% of the vote. Chris Paul gets 24 wow. percent of the vote. I wouldn't have expected those well, results. And, I know. and this is a good. This is a good. Uh, this is a nod to the uh, Suns coaching staff to to kind of diagnose how quickly Denver loses track of three point corner shooters. Mm-hmm. Their wings just give up when the ball rotates to the other side. Yeah, and they just and and the Suns were ready to exploit that. So props for that. Not the kind of wings that Guy Fieri would be into. Right. Uh, Josh Game Show says the way that Chris Paul closed out the game was extraordinary and masterful. So I take it he voted for Chris Mm -hmm. Paul. Uh, Frank says this is a tough one because everybody played well, but I have to give the game ball to Mikel. There was a scary stretch in the third quarter where his defense and offense carried Phoenix while Denver made its run. There there was a point in the game where the Nuggets were up, what were they up, 9, 10? Yeah, 10. Yeah. And I for the briefest of time, because the run came, the huge Suns run came right after that, but I was thinking like, uh-oh, wait a minute, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Arizona Sports History says the... Answer is obviously Guy Fieri, but since he was not listed as an option, he went with his league MVP, Chris Paul. All acceptable answers. Yes. We're not done talking about Guy Fieri, guys. We are not. Of course we're not. Next question. 
okay, so for those who maybe are lost, you probably already know, but he was sitting courtside with his son at the game last night. I hope everybody listening yes. knows that. It's probably pretty established at this point. Proven that not only is this a son's town, it is also a flavor town. Get out of here. Wow. He might be able to get suspended for that joke, too. Wow. Is is the Indefinite. kebab on Friday just going to be Guy Fieri? I'm not Whoops. here on Friday, so I have to get in. Oh, like, so we're getting it in now. Yeah. Okay, this makes a little bit more sense. Okay, put on your extra large bowling shirt with the flames up the sides. Your <laughs> <laughs> Oakley sunglasses upside down on the yes. back of your head. Bleach yes. the hair. And tell me, how would Guy Fieri describe last night's win Oof. over the Nuggets? I do watch the show, but I'm not. I don't think I'm familiar enough with his vocabulary. Neither am I to uh, yeah. to help out. I'm sure some people are. Oh yes, um, apparently gangsta is a big part of what he does. Yeah, that's um, true. This son's team is gangsta, and the only reason I I figured that out is because. Um, that response that said that had a bunch of likes, so people validating that it okay. is it is something that Guy Fieri would say. Uh, this son's team is gangsta, says Arizona Sports History. Um, big man in AZ would describe it as dunks, drives, and dominating. <laughs> That's good. Okay, we like that. Going Rounds believes Guy Fieri would describes, describe last night's win. This is bananas, and bananas is good. <laughs> okay. How about... Winner, winner, son's got nuggets for dinner. <laughs> okay, did somebody did somebody Photoshop Guy Fieri's hair onto DA? Is that what you're showing me yeah. through the glass right now? Remember. Who did this? Uh, Tim. I'm going to retweet it. Thank you, Tim. Okay, so you can see that on Bigly underscore Murata right now. Uh, we got a holy moly submission from Brandon Murata. And that's a gif of, of Guy Fieri, yeah. so it's something he would say. Uh, and then... WM Apache says, start slow, and then wham, fires up the taste buds. <laughs> Justin says, that was so Gouda. Is that something oh, wow. he says? Well, he likes to make stupid jokes. Here's my favorite one from, uh, I don't think you read this one, the PHX Fans app. Mm-mm. That puts the Shamalama in Ding Dong. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that. I wasn't sure if I could read that. <laughs> You've no, read really. far worse on social media. Uh, I guess that's probably Sarah. true. Yeah, that DA is Guy Fieri is pretty that's, pretty awesome. That's beautiful. I didn't see it. I just retweeted. It's got Guy Fieri sunglasses and hair. Oh, okay. It's pretty <laughs> terrific. <laughs> and moving on to... Are you just yeah. now seeing it? Yeah. yeah, it's pretty good. DeAndre Flavton. <laughs> oh, gosh. Moving on to our final question. Uh, what song did you play, Suns fans? to celebrate the team's win over the Nuggets last night. If you're a kind of keep the party going with music after the game, what did you play? I didn't uh, I didn't have anything. What would I'm not you very play? I'm not very creative in this in this edition of social when studies. When you drive today. when you drive home after really exciting games, you don't crank music on your drive home and just like no. keep the vibe going. I crank music on my way to the games and I sing at the top of my I, lungs as a vocal yeah. exercise. But I listen to the post game show. Do normally. you really? Yeah. I thought I was listening to a really loud thrash metal band, and I went, "No, wait, that's John Bloom." <laughs> <laughs> Well said. Well said. What do you What do you uh, blast on your drive to the arena? Whatever comes up on my playlist that I can really belt out. Oh, yeah, I love. There's that. a lot of them. 
Okay. Is Thunderstruck by ACDC on that playlist? No, I don't want to ruin my voice. <laughs> I just want to warm it up. <laughs> That's what Alejandro Garcia submitted. Okay. Uh, Blake Bottle played Sexual Healing by Marvin Gaye. Hmm. Sure. <laughs> Interesting choice. Sure, sure. Uh, Gonna Make You Sweat by CNC Music Factory. That is Freed the Artist's submission. Uh, and then All I Do Is Win from DJ Khaled. Yeah, that one gets That's, a lot of play after yeah. a lot of sporting events. Sure does, sure does. I did not partake musically, but what I did do when I got home last night on Twitter is um, I got engrossed in the hashtag chugging with the fellas. Oh. Are you guys familiar with this? No. I spent way too much time watching people, Suns fans, chug uh, victory uh, beverages. Okay. And I was a little bit jealous because I can't chug. <laughs> I can't. If the hashtag was drinking to excess with the fellas, <laughs> I could absolutely t- take part. But Slow but steady with the fellas. I, I, I'm a big fan of the hashtag and the movement. I, wow. I, lo- I love what's going on. From a I, grassroots level. I'm really yeah. sad that I never knew about this. Oh, yeah. yeah definitely look up the hashtag. It's fantastic. I'm scrolling through now. Wow, this is spectacular. But if you're going to chug responsibly. <laughs> chug at home. Chug milk. Oh. Water. That, it, what? what? Stay chug hydrated. It's, it's 105 it. degrees out. Throw that chug up. water. Shut up, Jerry. Throw that up. <laughs> okay. Well, you've exceeded your daily quota of stupidity today. <laughs> And it's 110. <laughs> Dan does not have the patience today. Chug milk. Girl Fieri. <laughs> Jared okay. might start his vacation Somebody tomorrow. on Twitter honestly said he should be suspended for that joke. It's multiple, multiple people said they nearly turned the radio off. <laughs> what do you mean nearly? I would have turned it off, too. I was one of those people. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you, Sarah. Thanks, thanks, guys. Uh, uh, Social studies every day at 1 (laughs) o'clock. Here on Bickley and Murata. At uh, Bickley underscore Murata on Twitter is where you can get involved and uh, submit your own uh, responses to these inane questions every day at 1 o'clock. Coming up next, Monty Williams, head coach of the Suns. He spoke to the media today in between games 1 and 2. I'll tell you what he had to say next here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. This is the home of Phoenix Suns playoff basketball. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station, and the Arizona Sports app. Suns playoff coverage presented by Four Peaks Kilt Lifter. Bickley and Murata talk Suns Nuggets now. Yeah, I mean, we've always stressed that every game is a life of its own, especially in the playoffs. And so you can learn from, you know, a game like game one. And then and we watched the film this morning and talked about a number of things that we can improve. And we also talked about uh, the mentality of the opponent that we're facing. You know, they're playoff tested. And we only have the experience that we have this year. So our guys understand that we have to be pretty steady with our mentality of, you know, obviously not getting too high or too low, no matter what happens. So I think that's, you know, the blessing of having veterans on your team. Uh, They they stress those um, messages in the locker room and and everywhere they, they interact. So I think that's all you can do. Is, is try to prepare your guys 
in that fashion. And um, we've we've done a decent job of, of staying pretty balanced with our emotions from game to game. That's Monty Williams today in between games one and two of their Western Conference semifinal series against the Nuggets. Game two tomorrow night, little earlier tip time. It's the only game on the NBA schedule, so it's going to be a 6.30 tip between the uh, Nuggets oh, and Suns. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm all for that too. Uh, um, but th- that whole subject of not getting too high after game one, You've got to have that mentality if you're the Suns. You've got to be pleased with the way you played, especially in the second half of that game, but expect massive changes, massive adjustments by the Denver Nuggets. Michael Malone's too good a coach. That's too tested of a team for them to roll the same thing out there again. Okay, here's what I like about Monty Williams and his staff. There's a lot of things I like about Monty Williams, starting with his grace and his temperament and all that, but what I really like about him is you give him a few days to prepare for an opponent, and and they're right on point. They were right on point against the Lakers Mm -hmm. in Game 1 of that series. Last night, the more and more you begin to recreate the game last night, and that would be the defensive adjustments at halftime, the exploiting exploiting Denver's um, how they lose track of corner three point shooters. Mm-hmm. Then I just saw this: Nikola Jokic logged more running distance on defense last night in thirty six minutes played, one point one seven miles than in any game against Portland, other than the two the two overtime game. Wow. So, in other words, what they did is they ran the offense and made Nikola Jokic run around a lot. And I noticed that early on. I didn't know it was a tactic. I just thought, wow, he's laboring front and back and left to right and and, and all that. So Maybe I, that's why he was 3-for-12 uh, in the second half of that maybe, game. He, maybe. he got less effective as the game went that's, on. And that's he kind of got f- fatigued. They made him get out and move an awful lot, and that's a big advantage DeAndre Ayton has over Nikola Jokic. So, Again, um, Monty Williams and his staff pretty terrific in in kind of scheming their ways to game one victories and finding ways to make the other team have to make the adjustments to them. Yeah, Jokic did talk last night too about going up against DeAndre Ayton, and Ayton had a great quote too, um, where he you know was was told that uh, let's play this first. DeAndre Ayton talking about uh, or answering the question about Jokic complimenting him. Man, that, that's wow, he said that. Oh, that's, oh, that's lit. Um, <laughs> I love playing against Jokic, man. That's that's the MVP of our league. Um, you know, just he he has so much, man. He has he has a lot to cover. The dude can do anything. So it's just, you know, it's just that's just the modern center right there. You know, he's just a dude who you have to you know watch out for drives. He can shoot. He can do everything. He can play make for his teammates. Um, you know, just coming every day in in and out just learning what he loves to do and, you know, just competing, man. You know, one day he could be that dude on film and, you know, one day he won't be that dude on film when you're watching everything he does. So, you know, you just got to keep competing and, you know, just staying locked in. Yeah, I mean, um, the I don't know if you get the same feeling. When, when the Nuggets, and they do run their offense through Jokic, obviously, and when he's at the top of the key, and he's facing the basket from about 20 feet, and he's holding the ball above his head. Mm-hmm. It just feels like the options are endless offensively for Denver because of his ability to, yeah. to find cutters and, and the way he delivers the ball, which makes the Suns' defensive effort even that much more impressive. He had three assists last night. Mm-hmm. Three. Yeah. That's five less than he averaged in the regular season. Yeah, listen, I, and again, I think for, as, as an impending MVP of the NBA, uh, uh, last night... 
Nikola Jokic did not flash, did not come off that way. So I, I would think whatever Denver does, it's going to start with him. And in terms of adjustments, and I think, I don't know whether they're going to attempt to really establish him down low, maybe guard against him getting burnt out during the course of the game. I don't know, but it has to start with him. Because mm-hmm. if DeAndre Ayton is either going to outplay or play him to a draw, Suns win this series. Totally agree. Um, you know, Charles Barkley said the same thing on uh, TNT last night, uh, that they need to, to rely on Jokic. Listen, if Aiden outscores and outplays the Joker, uh, Denver's not going to win this series. This guy's going to win the MVP sometime in the next couple weeks. But if he doesn't play like the MVP, Denver's not going to win this series. Yeah, I think that's pretty fundamental. Also, Charles said this on, on what Phoenix did. Uh, what they proved in that win last night. Well, listen, if Mikael Bridges, Jay Crowder, Aiden all do their thing, you don't have to – Ernie, your star, he only has to win games when things are not going well. A star can get a shot anytime he wants to. A a, a regular player – can't get a shot every time he wants to. That's why That's why we have stars. So tonight, everybody else was doing their thing. Bridges in the third quarter, uh, he was fantastic. I thought that was Suns team offense as as good as we've seen it this mm-hmm. year. When you when you look at the, the, the shot distribution, just in attempts, 12 for, for Bridges, 13 each for Crowder and Aiton. Booker had 12, Chris Paul took 14. That's when the Suns are really at their best, I think, and it's something that we didn't see in the Lakers series. Now, again, don't expect the the, the Nuggets to come out and do the same thing in, in Game 2 or the rest of this series. In fact, Bobby Marks, front office insider from ESPN, said uh, that very thing to Doug and Wolf this morning. I think they're going to try to enforce their will a little bit. You know, Whenever your head coach comes out and calls you soft, like Mike Malone did after Game 1, and he mm-hmm. did it, you know, it's kind of a similar pattern um, that you know that Malone did in uh, in the Portland series after I think it was Game Four when it went back to Denver, tied two, and they had a no-show performance uh, in, in that game for for most of the game. At least in this game, they, you know, I thought for up until that, you know, I guess seventy-two, sixty-three before Mikhail hit the three, mm-hmm. um, I thought they had it in, in pretty good control there, and then the, you know the wheels um, went off, and he came out and said, it, you know, like. Like you know, I think there was eight and ones in the game that Phoenix converted on, mm-hmm. and you know it's the ability to get to the free throw line, something that Denver had a trouble with. That's one thing that you'll see a big shift in. Uh, at least I expect it to be a big shift. The amount of time that Denver spends at the free throw line in game two, mm-hmm. not a death knell. Still, over, you know, it's surmountable for the Suns, but uh, they shot six free throws. They've never yeah. shot fewer than that in a game this year. Yeah, and so I, so I think that there's going to be that. There's going to be uh, an element on increasing their physicality. Um, there's a lot of pride in that group. I mean, it, it's they're underdogs in this series, but it's it's something that that. You know, they've succeeded at. When they lost Jamal Murray, everybody thought that, that it was just over, that th- this was not going to happen. And they, they did a really good job of sustaining. I just think right now the Suns have got something really good cooking. And if if they stay in this place that they're at, I don't know what Denver can do. I And it's... It's an amazing feeling as I say those words, and I'm not, ahead, not in agreement to what I'm saying because... I was so so leery of that Lakers series in the first round, and it's just there's a path now. 
as we've discussed. <laughs> and if, if Michael Porter Jr. is hurt, they're done. Because mm-hmm. they even with him, you give the advantage to the Suns, but they don't have that second score, they're done. I would tend to agree with you, but we still got to play the games. Mm-hmm. And like like Bick said earlier in the segment, Denver's a, a proud group that has made deep playoff runs the last two years. When we when we started to grip a little bit in that Lakers series about the state of Chris Paul's health, uh, we made the comment that this thing could turn. Would Anthony Davis isn't set to be a, a, a he's fragile too, and sure enough, that's exactly what happened. So yeah, it's. It, it's probably a good thing not to get too ahead of yep. yourself. Listen all day tomorrow for your chance to win a pair of tickets to the sold-out Phoenix Suns-Denver Nuggets playoff game two. It's the hottest tickets in town game day giveaway going on tomorrow. Coming up next, it is Tuesday. We'll always work in uh, a way to play. Mustache! Not a mustache! Straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Time to take a look at the Arizona Sports Poll Question. Brought to you by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Today's Sanderson Ford poll question on the homepage of ArizonaSports.com. What is your confidence level for the Suns after Game 1 against the Nuggets? Extremely confident? Somewhat confident? Or about the same as what it was before Game 1? I'm uh man. I hate to I hate to get over my ski tips here, Bick. Yeah, I'm extremely confident. Yeah, so am I. Yeah, I, I, I haven't felt this way in a while. It's been a long time since we've had a sports team that actually had a chance at winning a championship. I've never felt this way before. <laughs> uh, extremely confident is winning the poll right now. Forty nine percent, thirty seven percent say somewhat confident. Fourteen percent admit they're about the same level of confidence. However you feel, uh, you can make it known and uh, vote on it right now. It's the Sanderson Ford poll question on the homepage at ArizonaSports.com. Mustache. Not a mustache. A mustache, a mustache, a mustache, big mustache, thick mustache, my mustache, your mustache. Say the word, the word mustache. A mustache, a mustache, now we both have said mustache. A mustache, a mustache, if you've only got a mustache... That's your mom, and she's got a mustache. <laughs> All right, it's that time of week for America's fastest-growing facial hair-related quiz sensation, mustache. No to mustache! And this week, it will be Denver, Colorado-themed. Ooh. Okay. And I will tell you, not as easy as the L.A.-themed ones, <laughs> but... So yeah, you have to, I don't you, even you, know where this might be you're going. You're going to have to use all your okay. mustache-related brain power to all get right. this one. Uh, some are easy. Some are, are more difficult. Uh, but what's going to happen, I'm going to play you a sound bite from a movie, TV show, a it's song. It's going to go on endlessly. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Right. You'll say, we'll have plenty of time the... to mull it over. <laughs> That's right. You'll some run out of time at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. Anyway, and you'll get a point for telling uh, the if you could say whether the person talking or singing has a mustache or does not have a mustache. You'll get a bonus point if you identify the person uh vince won last week on a tiebreaker would you like to go first or second i will go first this week okay fantastic and we'll start off with some uh a musical clue to start off okay shadow from the starlight is softer than a That John Denver's full of bleep, man. That's John Denver, not a mustache. That is correct. Two points for you to start the game. All right, Dan? Mm Mm-hmm. Spin 
That is most definitely Joe Walsh, who has always had great tone with his guitar, but I don't know whether he's got a mustache at this time or not. He's had both. Uh, I'm going to say at this point in time, yes, a mustache. Uh, at this point in time, not a mustache. Wow. Not you a sure mustache. sure about that? I am. Right, I'll, I'll double check, but go ahead. <laughs> you can double check. I, I will. I, 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 okay. You know, I've been known to get occasionally something wrong. It would be very rare if you caught me in that, but we'll see. All right, Dan, uh, Vince? Yes? Huh. Expected the Rocky Mountains to feel a little rockier than this. <laughs> wow. Foreshadowing. Uh, c- can I hear it one more time? Huh. Expected the Rocky Mountains to feel a little rockier than this. That is uh, Jeff Daniels as wow. Harry Dunn. Not a mustache. That is correct and correct. Dan? Uh-huh. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> that John Denver's full of <laughs> man. <laughs> the other guy. Yes, it is the other the guy. The other guy, uh, not a mustache. It is not a mustache. Here. Look at this. Look at this. What? Does he have a mustache? Yes, he does well, have is, a mustache. Is he singing that song at well, that look. time? Am I not wrong, Vinny? That's a mustache. I will, I, I will give you. Okay. I will give you the okay. point. Out, but you have to. You have to identify the other person. Uh, uh, Jim Carrey. That is correct. All right. You so we are now tied at four. We are now tied at four. Okay. Vinny. Yes. The bright lights of Denver are shining like diamonds, like ten thousand jewels in the sky, and it's nobody's business. Where you're going or where you come from. <laughs> and you're judged by the look in your eye. Willie Nelson mustache. Oh, yes, well done. Have you ever heard wait, wait, that what? song? Why are you so surprised no, at that? Well, He's got I, the most distinctive voice in music history. That is exactly correct. <laughs> and that is why I, I chose that. All right, Dan. Yes. Does not ring a bell. Um, Denver Mint is the name of the song. What L- you? Lucky Denver Mint is the name. Lucky Ned. Oh, I don't know. Not a mustache. Correct. Not a mustache. Vinny, I guess you know what it is. Uh, it's Jimmy Eat World. That was Jimmy Eat World. Oh, okay. et to Zach Lind, a song about Denver. Old. Uh, that, that's older from their catalog. Yeah, that one I, I was not familiar with. Okay, Vinny. Yes. Not in my house. <laughs> no, no, no. Not today. <laughs> um, Dikembe Mutombo. Not a mustache. That is correct. Dan? What is it? Eight, eight, six? I think. Eight, six. Yeah, Dan? Eight, five. All right, so it's come to my attention that... <laughs> When I went on Pat McAfee's show on Friday, I offended some of you Jet fans because your organization has completely changed, and this time um, you're convinced that they're going to get it right. And so I unfairly <laughs> accused you guys of not really knowing what you're doing. When- That's the uh, great Mark Schlereth 
Uh, would that be a mustache or not a mustache right now? Not a mustache? No, he has uh, a it's goatee. Got one now? He has a goatee. All right. A grayish white goatee. All right, Vinny. Eight, seven, I think. Eight, seven, and this is for the win. Not this part. Not the South Park characters. But the, I was going to say Eric Cartman, not a mustache. No, no it's nope. uh, it's Primus, and I believe a good, mustache. Good call. That is correct, and that is correct. That was very impressive. I so Vinny uh, wins at the perfect score, but I'll play one more for you, Dan. Let's see if you no, can. I don't want one more. Oh. We're good. Goodbye. <laughs> And so wraps up another edition of Mustache. Dang. Wow. Right. Not a Matumbo. <laughs> mustache. Not a mustache. A mustache. A mustache. A mustache. Big mustache. Yeah, we got uh, little Suns Nuggets. Crosstalk. Game one. Heading into game two. Burns and Gamble will join us next. It's Bickley and Murata, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Suns Playoff Coverage presented by Four Peaks Kilt Lifter. Suns Playoff Crosstalk. Burns and Gambo join Bickley and Murata to talk Suns Playoffs. Here's a bounce pass, goes into DeAndre Ayton. You heard it. Wham, bam, slam. DeAndre Ayton, and he's fouled. He'll go to the line. Wow. That brings the crowd up in a hurry here. Yeah, that was uh, one of those get-to-your-feet moments last night in the Suns. 17-point game one win over the Denver Nuggets. Another strong performance from DeAndre Ayton. And what a place to pick up crosstalk today. We're joined by uh, Burns and Gambo. We're coming up next uh, 2-6 to six here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. And I say that, Burnsy, because we had the discussion during the roundtable on your show yesterday about DeAndre Ayton possibly outplaying Nikola Jokic. Um, I think you could build a case that he did. You can certainly, everybody can agree it was at least a wash. And If that's going to be the case, advantage Suns. If that's going to be the case, the Suns are going to win this series in five games, which seems kind of like that out loud kind of bold prediction. But if, if DeAndre Ayton's going to play that well against Nikola Jokic this entire series, then I think the Suns are going to win this game, this series in five games, because that that is their one clear, distinct advantage in this series as they have the MVP. I thought he was terrific. I, I thought I thought Nikola Jokic had tired legs in the second half of mm-hmm. that game. I thought I thought DeAndre Ayton made him work so hard in getting up and down the floor the way he did. And I don't think it's just coincidence or a, a bad day or a bad half that Nikola Jokic had the second half that he did. I think he was tired, and I think DeAndre Ayton kind of wore him out a little bit. And if, again, if that's what it's going to be, this thing might not take that long knock on wood to get it done, potentially. Gambo? All right, Larry, I had an eight rounds to four for DeAndre Ayton. I thought he dominated the fight. He took control early. I mean, if I gave it a boxing analogy, it's, it was eight rounds to four. It was a unanimous decision win for DeAndre Ayton. He was clearly, I don't think it's debatable, he was clearly the better player. He took ten less shots. He only had two less points. 
I mean, he, he got him in the rebounding. Yeah, Jokic had more assists, but, you know, defensively, I mean, look at the plus-minus when DeAndre was on the court compared to when Jokic was on the court. And then defensively, I, I mean, the numbers are really good. When DeAndre was guarding Jokic, he struggled. He uh-huh. didn't do that well. I, I don't think he fought him to a draw, guys. I, I think he clearly won unanimous decision round one. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to win the next one. Sure. But I thought yesterday it wasn't, it wasn't close. DeAndre was the better player. Uh, a, your best impression work ever, Gambo. Yeah. And B, kind of leading us to this point, Bick, and we've touched on it, but now we can look ahead to game two. I don't expect to see the same Nikola Jokic. I don't expect to see uh, the same passivity that we saw offensively. Yeah. I would expect him to get to the free throw line more. And, and, to, and to Gambo's point, yeah, okay, eight and one round one. Suns decisively yeah. one round one, but the Nuggets are going to counter. Yeah, I I didn't see it as what that one sided by any stretch of the imagination. But even a draw, in my opinion, is a big win for the Suns. Mm-hmm. Big big win for the Suns. And if if it stays like this then this is going to be a quick series. And, I, I again, I really believe that, that Game 2 is such a great fork in the road for this team because if you go up 2-zip, the pressure on Denver is going to be immense. They're going to feel like they're completely overmatched. You get one game there, you're done in five. It's the best fast lane to the West Western Conference Finals you could imagine. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about what happened in that Lakers series, right? And and sort of the storm coming that you knew was Anthony Davis, right? And, and you, you knew it was coming. He was blaming himself after game one. Hey, it's my fault. I got to be more this. I got to be more that. We haven't seen comments like that come out of Nikola Jokic. He's talked about the respect he has for Aiton and how well Aiton seems to play against him. But I have a feeling a similar type storm is kind of brewing with mm-hmm. Nikola Jokic that he will try to do in Game 2 what Anthony Davis did in Game 2 in that Lakers series, and that is absolutely physically assert himself. The difference is that you know Anthony Davis had LeBron James as part of his supporting cast, and, and if that backcourt is going to struggle like they did in the second half, I just don't know if he's got the support staff that Anthony Davis had in that Game 2. Again, uh, leading me right where I was going, the, the clear advantage as identified by Everybody who watches basketball in this series was the Suns' backcourt. If you take the top three guards of Booker, Chris Paul, Cameron Payne, major advantage over the Denver backcourt of Rivers, Compazzo, and Monte Morris, who was just flat-out awful last night. Now, I think Morris has room for improvement, but I don't see that matchup changing that much the rest of the series. I think that will remain a distinct Suns' advantage up until the point, and we'll see how effective he is when he comes back, they get Will Barton back from injury. But uh, that that's something that needs to continue to be exploited, Gambo. They did a good job on Booker, especially Aaron Gordon, and they trapped him a lot. And the other players made him pay, especially Mikael Bridges. I mean, they, they, they made those guys pay. Look, I mean, basketball is all about taking something away. you got to take something away from the other team. But that leaves other things available. And I thought the Suns last night were – uh, just very efficient throughout the game. I mean, getting contributions from so many different guys. You want to lock on book. You want to double book. You want to put Gordon on him, you know, for for a lot of that time. You know, because you saw it last night with Austin Rivers. I mean, I think it was early in the game. He tried to guard. Book just backed him up and backed him up and backed him up. And then I think he banked one. It's like, look, he'll do that all day. I mean, Austin Rivers is, you know, he's competitive and he'll tough, but he, he can't guard him. On a regular basis, so they had to they had to try to take Book out of the game, and Book didn't go for thirty or forty, and the Suns still won convincingly. I think that's trouble for Denver. 
But Book also had eight assists in that game yes. last night. And I yeah. thought, okay, the, the turnovers, and we saw this, again, I keep hearkening back to the Lakers series. We saw this with Booker and the Lakers series where the turnovers were really high the first three or four games mm-hmm. of that series. And you could just see him kind of figuring out the process. Mm-hmm. He was working the problem in his head. He was figuring out, okay, they're doing this to me, and then they're going to do that to me. And I, and I kind of got that same sense last night that even though he was one of the four guys that had 20 or more points for the Suns, he ended up getting his when it was all said and done. But he had, what, five turnovers in the first half, three in the first quarter, I think. It was very much a, what are you doing to me? How are you going to play me? How are you going to defend me? And I thought in the second half, he tightened up the screws in his game. He was swinging the ball around like he was Kevin Johnson out there. I mean, Mm -hmm. we always talk about Paul and his assist numbers. I thought Devin Booker and his ability to find open guys, those corner threes, I thought he was exceptional Mm -hmm. at it last night in the second half. It just took him a while to kind of figure out, okay, here's what they're doing. The word I used to describe his performance was mature because he didn't really force anything shooting-wise. He was 7 of 8 from 2-point range, 1 of 4 from 3-point range. But, yeah, looking for the open person when he had an opportunity to back down. Now, on the flip side, I thought for the Suns liking Bick, and and maybe you can elaborate on this, there was a little bit too much Devin Booker, maybe it was after switches, of course, Devin Booker on, on Aaron Gordon. That's a tough matchup defensively for, for Devin Booker that yeah. I think needs to be addressed maybe going, fo- going yeah, forward. right, exactly. So I, I, I think when you get into situations, uh, if you get into high-leverage situations, I think that is a look that they're going to have to solve. The thing about last night, and again, if, for McHale to come out and do what he did now means McHale's got a signature moment in this postseason, which means all of their playoff rookies have pretty much flashed in a good way. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that really kind of layers this team's confidence and throw in with just how rock solid DA is. I think they're in a really good place to build on this. The other good place that they're in right now is is playing at home, having home court advantage. The atmosphere at at Suns Arena is a national story yeah. because it's been just off the charts. I mean, I know we were all there last night. You can quickly share your thoughts, Burns. Oh, I was watching the TNT broadcast when I got home. After the Tory Craig dunk, they flashed to those four teenage yeah. fans who were losing their minds. That became like the signature visual oh, yeah. yes. of Phoenix Suns Arena so far this postseason. Gambo, your thoughts on the atmosphere quickly? I have friends in the uh, in the media who weren't at the game, and they're trying to tell me how uh, they were able to tell what it was like on TV. I'm like, you, you literally have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> they're still the Suns are still talking about it. Monty Williams talked about it today. Tory Craig talked about it today. Uh, it's been a big storyline, guys. We'll be listening. Uh, more continued coverage of Game One with Burns and Gamble coming up next. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Thanks to uh, Zach Lynn for joining us as well, along with Dave Pash. Thanks to you for hanging out. We appreciate it. We'll do it again tomorrow at 10 here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Have a great day, everybody.